Hello, come on in. Welcome to Conversation Matters. How can I help you? Oh, absolutely. Do you have your prescription with you? Thank you. All right. Self-harm. I do have a certified conversationalist available. If you'd like, you can leave your coat there on the rack. I've already let him know that you're here. You can take your prescription and go right through that door. He's ready for you. Hello. Come in, come in, come in. Welcome. Do you have your, um, prescription? Oh, very good. Yes, we at Conversation Matters take every client's prescription quite seriously. We do. I uh, couldn't call myself a certified conversationalist if I didn't. <laughs> yes, P please, please sit down. Would you like some water? Okay, I happen to have a bottle of water right here. Here you go. Mm-hmm. Deer Park. Everybody loves Deer Park water. Let me see. And your prescription. Oh, okay. No, 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 no. We never judge here at Conversation Matters, but some conversations are more important than others, aren't they? Yes. And, uh, you're not here for some confidence building, are you? I see Dr. Andrew Michaels has you down for a serious talk about self-harm. I don't want you to think for even one second that I don't treat this with the most careful of words. My actions must be clear and concise on this. I cannot possibly help you with an issue like self-harm unless we get down to the reason why. Now, obviously, Dr. Andrew Michaels couldn't tickle out the reason for your self-harm issue. I say issue, not problem. The problem is somebody's done something traumatic to you in the past. Yes. And it could have been, yes. Okay, well that's a start. And the problem is what they did to you. The self-harm is in a reaction to what they did to you. So let's be clear on that. You are not the problem here. You are a victim. And you're trying to deal with it the best way you can and manage the mental and physical anguish that you feel every day. Now you've decided to take this route. And... Yes, do you want to show me? 
Don't be ashamed. All right. Okay. Have you have you had those taken care of? Okay. By a doctor? He's, you're under his supervision. Well, Dr. Andrew Michaels is a great doctor, but I, he's not a medical doctor, so did he refer you to a... Okay. So you were at the clinic before you came here. That's good. All right. Okay. All right. I can listen as much as I can talk. You know, it's not much of a conversation if you don't have a say in the matter. Well, if you're ready to discuss it, I'm willing to listen. And I've seen better and I've seen worse. It all depends on what caused the original trauma. Or was it over time? I see. So in your situation, it was a ongoing traumatic issue. I can listen. No, no, it's okay. Okay. All right. I can understand that. You know, the people who are our caregivers, our parents, our families, sometimes they have their own agendas and you do know now, you're old enough to know, and certainly why I've been taught and are wise enough to know that this was wrong, right? It should have never happened to you. No. Let alone the fact that it occurred many times. Uh, I understand. And it's, it's not easy to talk about. And it's not easy to listen to. But that doesn't make anything you're saying ugly. The ugly truth is you've been carrying this around way too long. You've got to learn to let it go. And if that means confronting this person, if that means removing them from your life, if it means fighting back in some way, I don't suggest violence and I don't suggest illegal activity, but you do deserve peace and privacy in your life. And if fighting back is what you need, then that's up to you to choose the method that best suits the situation. Like I said, I don't advocate violence, but certainly someone could use a good slap up the side of the head might wink them up once in a while. And I'm troubled that nobody's told you to stand up for yourself. Why is that? Yes, I see. So, you know, from what you're telling me and the way you're telling me, you're learning by example, and the example set to you was to take it. Just sit down and take it. But you didn't, did you? You rebelled in your own way, didn't you? 
and I can see it in your eyes. There's a fight in you, a fire. You're not one to just sit down and take it. Oh, yes, uh, time and weight of their actions could break you down, but they haven't yet. There's still a lot of life and fight left in you. And it's time for you to assert yourself and fight back. And I know I use the word fight, but what we have to remember is we're fighting for your life here. Your life. If you were in a pool of water and you were drowning, wouldn't you fight to swim to the surface? Fight to get to the shore? Fight to get out? Fight to get your body warm in the cold water? Dry yourself off? Struggle to get back to civilization? Or would you just, would you just drown? That's right, you would swim. It's natural to want to save yourself. It's natural to want to get out of an emergency situation. Treating this like an emergency and not a slow-burning candle. You see that you need to find that inside you, that inner strength. And instead of taking this out on yourself, you need to take it out on the person who's causing it. Make them stop. Tell them to stop. Tell them enough. Now, I'm not the best expert, but I've seen this enough in my years of growing up and being an adult that there's a couple ways to solve this. And the first step is you have to solve it. You have to tell whoever this is enough is enough and back off. And if they don't get the message, you make sure they hear you the second time and the third and the fourth. And if they're doing illegal activities, why certainly you have to call and tell the authorities. And there's people that'll help. There are organizations that can help. And you have to seek them out. And I know it's not easy. There could be economic ramifications and it's, it's funny how the victim confesses and tells of the crime. And then we punish the victim by ostracizing them sometimes. That's not a solution, is it? And then we also see the victim being turned back over to the, the criminal element that caused it in the first place. I'm being vague as I can, but we both know what I'm talking about. And it's not right. And it's certainly not right in this situation. You don't deserve this. You do not deserve this to happen to you. And get a drink of water here. The way I am.
advocate standing up for yourself and the way I advocate saying enough is enough and the way I advocate fighting back. I know it doesn't make me the most popular conversational therapist out there. But I've seen what happens when you don't. I was reminded today quite vividly that when we do not say something, when we do not take a stand, when we do not say enough is enough, the results are very, how should I say, ugly. You know, what you're doing is a slow burn solution to a problem that needs to explode, to be blown up in somebody's face. And I don't want you to take the route where you think you have to make a statement. You know what I'm talking about and possibly end your life over this. If it's like that with you, give it back to them in a more positive way. Change their behavior. Get them to stop. Get them to realize that it's wrong what they're doing. Don't take it upon yourself anymore. Don't hurt yourself anymore. You just don't deserve it. And if you think you can just walk away and end it all, some people say that's strong, and it is. It takes great courage to do something that permanent. But you take people with you when you go. You take them with you, and I know that's some kind of guilt trip. No. I've lost people that way. And time goes by, and it never gets any easier. They're gone, and they're not coming back. And you second-guess yourself every day, just like I'm doing right now. Every day, you sit down and you tell yourself you could have done something different. You could have done more. You could have helped more. You could have said something. You should have said something. And it never... It, I think I said this once a long time ago. I was at a funeral for a very close friend. And she was an older lady and she had lived a long wonderful life. She was self-sufficient right up to the end. She was, I think, 73 when she died. And the minister and I were sitting at the um, wake after having some food and we were talking and the minister happened to be a very old, a long time Christian minister and he might have been 75 himself, he was semi-retired, and he was willing to do this funeral for my friend because she was a member of the church, and he'd known her for a long time. 
And we were sitting there just sipping on a cup of coffee. And um, I said, oh, this, this was hard. This, this was really hard. You know, remember, she lived a wonderful life. And she got to know her grandkids and raised her children. Got to know her great-grandson. And he knew her. He would have memories of her. So she had a great life. And as I sat there thinking, this is so hard, I really wasn't expecting any words of wisdom or even seeking any escape from it. But he stared off in the distance like I did and said something that kind of stuck with me. He didn't necessarily say it for my my reasons. He, I think he was thinking of his own. And as he stared off in the distance, kind of blindly looking at something that only he could see, he said, it never gets any easier. It never gets any easier. And that was all we said to each other and changed the conversation to small talk and what's happening at the church next week and how's the family doing and that was the best part of 16 years ago and I still think about that he's long gone I'm older now, and every time somebody writes me or calls me and tells me that someone's gone, I keep thinking to myself, yeah, that was the most true statement I've ever heard. It doesn't get any easier. It never does. And the reason why is, is that I'm going to give you a reason why. Not because I'm bleeding out my heart and because I'm suffering because I was left behind and I don't get to see this person anymore. The reason it never gets any easier is life is so precious. When we lose a life, when we lose someone, it just becomes that much more lonely place than it was before. And we don't want to be alone. Human beings are like that. They're a communal, tribal animal. They need the comfort of others in their lives. And you shouldn't be alone with your problem. No one should. And you've been alone far too long with this problem. And it's not getting any better, is it? Now it's to the point where you have to seek medical attention and care. There's infection. There's well, a lot of problems with what's going on right now. And you need to heal. And the only way you're going to heal is if you can heal from the inside out. What's going on on the outside is showing me what's going on, on the inside, and that's very, very bad. There's a lot of anger and 
a lot of hate. And there's a lot of love in this. You, you, you have to give me a chance to explain. You're crying for help. You are hiding it. You're not showing it. You're keeping it to yourself. But at the end of the day, when you do this to yourself, there is that expectation that maybe this is the last time. Maybe somebody will discover it. Maybe somebody will understand. Maybe someone will see. Or maybe I'll see it in someone else. And in that way, I won't be alone with this anymore. You're telling yourself you can't cope with it. And this coping method is how you're reaching out in your own way. They might have bought your silence of words, but they haven't bought your silence of your spirit, of your soul, and it's crying out loud and clear and needs help. And I will tell you something in all my years, everyone needs help. I've been in some low spots these last few months, stuck between a rock and a hard place. No. You probably don't think I have been, but I have had problems. Family issues. <sighs> Health issues. And you reach goals in life, and then where do you go from there? What's the next thing? What's the next hurdle? What's the next mountain to climb? And you might think it's nothing, but to a man sometimes... The feeling of useless and being useless and being worthless is a scary thing. I can't imagine either one, and I don't want to live with it. So, though I haven't contemplated ending it, I have thought I can't do this. I have to get up and fight. And I have gotten up and fought fought very hard battles these last few months. And I have to be honest, I have lost some people in my life. And when you lose someone, just this morning, I got a phone call. They told me someone dear to me was in the ICU unit that they were hoping they'd pull through. But they didn't know the results of the tests or how bad things were. It was... I should have been in bed sleeping, but I answered the phone. And... I laid in bed for hours. Yeah, well, so hard laying still in bed trying to sleep. 
It really was a burden. But I was so tired. I needed my rest. I couldn't sleep. I couldn't get it out of my mind. Nothing could remove it. And all I kept thinking about is if I lost them. I can't lose this person. Not, not now. Not this one. Not this one. Because when it comes right down to it, it's not about us, us, us. It's about you, you, you. You're one person, and I can't let you go. In my heart, I could not let them go. I couldn't see the world where they didn't get to prosper. I couldn't see it. I couldn't imagine them being dead. And, uh, and, I, and I know you think I'm just making this up for this conversation between us, but the, the truth is, stranger than fiction, I'm being 100% honest with you. I just couldn't deal with it today. I couldn't see my way past losing this person today. And I know it, if I'm making you feel guilty, I don't want you to think that or feel that. I want you to think that if she would have, she, if she would have told me, if she would have told us what was going on, I would have done something. I would have. And I'm going to kick myself for a long time over this. And the worst part is, I didn't know. Doesn't matter. I'm still going to beat myself up over it. Because human beings are like that. They care. They actually care about each other. And if you're dealing with a problem alone, because you think nobody cares, nobody wants you around, nobody would do anything about it, trust me just this one time. We do care. I care. I really do. So if there's something you need to tell me, something that we can go to the authorities with and we can change it for you, when we're done here, I will go to Dr. Andrew Michaels and believe me, he has a tendency to make sure things get done right doesn't leave a stone unturned. If there's something we can do to help you, we will. Okay. I think I've said enough. I think it's your turn to talk. And I'm listening. 
deep breath. It's going to be all right. No, no, no. We don't have to let anybody know outside of the authorities. We'll see to it that you get some help tonight. Okay. Go on. I'm listening. Thank you for joining us for ASMR Tirara de Cuello. Please take a moment to rate and review this podcast. If you are interested in additional ASMR content, you may view our library of videos at youtube.com slash The theme song Atlantis is by Jason Shaw of audionautics.com and is used by permission. Correspondence, including questions or requests, may be sent to tirardejuego at gmail.com. On behalf of Dr. Andrew Michaels, thank you.